We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What we would change if we had a time machine to go back in time with some of our best ball teams. That is what we're talking about today. And of course, John, this show is coming out 25th of December, Christmas Day for those who celebrate. Happy holidays to anyone who is either celebrating, but if you're not celebrating, hopefully you are celebrating advancing your fantasy football teams this weekend in NFL Week 16. We are, Sean, recording this on Thursday, the 24th of December. We are hoping that the team we talk about today is advancing to the finals which would take them finishing in the top two this week to advance into the the 50 team final next week for a shot at fifty thousand dollars we thought this would be a little fun thing to talk about some of the the players and the decisions that we would have made at the time what we might have changed and some of the things that maybe even when we recap this draft i don't think came out of the blue but the success when you look back now at draft boards can be really really interesting to look at so we are set up here sean a 12 team pod shout out to curtis patrick as well one of the other 12 competitor 11 competitors that is facing off against us this week so i think we'll run through the team so people as they listen to this on monday or tuesday can say that player did great that player did great that player did great oh this is a great team these guys advanced i say that in jest but i'm i'm also hoping that is true so sean it is titled have a good one it is justin Fields, sam howell a quarterback just the two quarterbacks in this team so obviously when we did see sam howell coming out of the lineup in week 15 that was a concern hopefully he's played all the way through week 16 here and has had a, a big day with Brees hall with james cook ty chandler tank bigsby roshan johnson we have the superhero of this roster christian mccaffrey chase claypool jordan addison jalen hyatt quinton johnson Mar- marvin mims rasheed rice Garrett wilson chris olave Jahan Dodson, Kyle Pitts, Cole Komet. We do have Greg Dulcich, who has been on, on injured reserve, but the rest of the team pretty healthy. There is some names in there, as people would have probably thought going through it, that we won't expect a huge amount from over this week and if we did advance to the final. But you never know who you need, Sean. Quentin Johnson did make the, the team here last week ahead of Sam Howell uh, because it is the Superflex format. But, Sean, as we kick off this one, I think more so than anything before we talk about the the players and the team and and so on 
I do want to give a, a shout out to all of the road of his overtime community because we've made it to this point of the season through the 16 weeks and it has been phenomenal to have interaction with the community both you know Sean has done some drafts with some of the contest winners from earlier the season he's got to know them more I've got to know people through some Twitter conversations through some emails different chats and and so on and so forth and it's always amazing to you know talk with people in the community that has been built here and has been built through rotoviz as well so i just want to give a, a thank you to everyone who does listen and we are very grateful to each and every one of you that does listen in and again as i said at the start whether you're celebrating the christmas holidays or you're just listening to the podcast thank you very much and uh, i hope you're having a a great time of of the year here as we enter 2024 on which will hopefully be a positive note and i would just echo that sentiment it's been so much fun and it's been so much fun to hear of the successes that people have had when had somebody who you know i've drafted with reach out and say that they got 10 teams through to the best ball media semifinals like that's it's so cool and i i feel like the draft episodes have been successful right i mean you and i obviously have this draft we have our main event draft the team that ben and i drafted for the main event did extremely well at least in the first week we hope as you're listening it's done well again the team that he and i drafted for best ball mania advanced one of the teams that pete and i drafted on the best ball banana stand which you could listen to on our best ball feed advanced to the semifinals the team that drafted with pat for his marathon advanced to the semifinals so many cool drafts there and we know that the teams that curtis and dave did as well were very successful so we know that not everybody can win every league certainly we don't win every league not by a long shot but to have done teams for the shows that have made it deep it at least gives me some encouragement that it was probably helpful for listeners so we're hoping that you have had a really fun final kind of month to this season and you're in great shape here as we go into the holidays column in this particular team we're going to look at some of the things we did some of the things that we wish we had done some of the things we're celebrating about 2023 and we had the ninth pick as you're looking through these super flexes the number one sort of pivotal foundational point you want to call it for our strategy was that if you are given a QB who is an impact player, you take him. If you are not, then you load up on the best players from other positions and you make the late round QB element work for you, which we've demonstrated and written a lot about how both of those work. So it's not a one or the other, but it's you have to adjust to your specific draft slot and your specific draft. In our draft, Travis Kelsey went 108 and that put Justin Fields down to us at 109. For me, that gave us a chance to do what we had done the previous year when we took Jalen Hurts, and that pushed us to the finals. Fields, the last QB who would fit the category of players that I wanted to draft. The next three guys who went off were Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers, in part because of injuries and in part because of underperformance. We know how that has worked out. We feel very fortunate that we were able to get Fields. He had some injuries. He's not always been the highest scoring quarterback. He certainly hasn't been what Jalen Hurts was the previous year, but I'm excited to see what he can hopefully do these last couple of weeks and then as we wrap back around we were able to get christian mccaffrey that's the perfect one-two punch 
for me when we look at how a draft starts out of the 109. Yeah, and when what I did uh, before we recorded today was look through all the rounds and, and kind of look where you would change it. So was it a case that we picked Christian McCaffrey at 204 and we could have picked somebody else that, that went you know, three picks later? or vice versa so in this you know justin fields you mentioned the quarterbacks that went after there's picks throughout all of this though so even picks that haven't necessarily worked out like and i mentioned haven't worked out but he was on our lineup last week quentin johnson Jahan dodson kyle pitts when you look through the players that went post those players and that's something we'll do in a moment is some of the players that we may have changed the majority of them though sean throughout this draft and drafting at nine you obviously have the 10 11 12 turn to consider those six players there isn't a huge amount of them that if we change the players that went after us that would have made a huge difference especially through the opening uh, 10 11 rounds so players went before us the likes of a jill and waddle went two picks before chris olavi for example but looking down through it justin fields christian mccaffrey seems like a perfect start at the time and we haven't got the high points from fields but who knows if we get them this week or next week in week you know 16 17 but the upside is there in that particular play um so and christian mccaffrey you know at the running back position you you really couldn't have done any better this season we move in then though sean when we drafted this team obviously we have a, a healthy Aaron Rodgers at that point we'd take garrett wilson at the 309 players that went before him was quarterback quarterback players that went after was quarterback quarterback potentially would have been a conversation with jared goff but the the talent around wilson was something that we were so bought into that we i think still would have went very much in that direction Anthony Richardson Kenny Pickett Devontae Adams Derrick Henry Jalen Waddle Calvin Ridley then went off the board we took Chris Olave at that point so I really don't think around there there's any conversation of what we would change but I'm sure as we drafted Chris Olave Sean I probably was making the case for T Higgins who went as the next wide receiver that was after Derek Carr and Russell Wilson so the 407 was T Higgins but as we look through the season you know that's probably a bit of a wash but you know chris olavi has missed quite a bit of time t higgins missed time too but had a big week last week but thankfully we scraped through and advanced we get down then sean into an interesting zone because we took Brees hall one pick ahead of kenneth walker and i think that that's still the the best pick we had two options there as to who we would want to go with but after that we did kyle pitts at the 604 and i think it's fair to say that that hasn't worked out to the way that we would have hoped for but the player that you probably would take out of the following list that we we could have went for is Travis Etienne. So it was Terry McLaurin, James Connor, Travis Etienne, Brock Purdy, Kettle, Ritter, Hopkins, Christian Watson, Javante Williams, Damian Pierce, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Rashad White, Drake London, and then it comes back to where we get Sam Howell. Now I think it's fair to say that if we had a known in hindsight how the season works out and you wanted to take the highest scoring player without any considerations you know dj Moore and rashad white would be your pick there over kyle pitts but with how we were trying to build this team and to get which we were hoping would still turn into be an elite tight end i still think that that would have been the the play we made but the one thing taking pitts into consideration here with this part of the conversation uh, when i talk about the 12th round picks that we made and then further down the draft we did miss out on trey mcbride and i do think the pick of pitts at this point factored into our decision to allow sam laporta and mcbride to try and get them back around to us rather than to take them off the board at the points that they went in the 12th round and 17th round so obviously in hindsight sean 
it wasn't the best selection but looking at the players available in that zone i still think from that perspective of the talent profile we we're looking for and, and to get a tight end i think it probably still was the right decision how, how do you how do you d- decide on that where is it the right decision but it's the the, the wrong result <laughs> We are fast approaching the holiday season. We're always looking for the perfect gifts for those near and dear to us, our families and friends. And what could be better than a ticket to a live event? We're heading towards the crucial weeks of the NFL season and there's so much sports going on, but there's also concerts, comedy, theater, so many other things that you can go and get a ticket to this time of year. Can be stressful looking for tickets, getting the best price, the best seats, trying to figure everything out to have the best experience. But it doesn't have to be like that because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is a fast and easy way to get tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you will have they have exclusive flash deals they have the game time guarantee which means you'll always get the best price if you find a ticket in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference buying tickets in a matter of seconds two taps on their app and you're set so whether it's for a gift or whether it's just to treat yourself this holiday season snag tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use the code rotoviz for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account redeem the code rotoviz for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? you need indeed yeah the tight end tactics on this team are the one area that i do have some questions about like really what we were thinking and for people who want to find out this draft was reposted last thursday if you want to find out the exact reason one of the things that i did run into a little bit and this can cut both ways but you know, sometimes people will ask me, LaShawn, you know, why do you keep drafting your favorite guys? Aren't you scared of having J.K. Dobbins get injured in week one? And the answer is, yeah, I mean, you are scared. But Sam Laporta is someone where my overall exposure was literally around the 50% mark. And so there were some late drafts, and this was a mid-August draft, so not like the latest of drafts, but certainly when starting to get into that range, because we had been drafting these, you know, from the never too early stage all the way through. 
there were some drafts where we tried to diversify a little bit, and you're thinking about that already when you make the Kyle Pitts selection, because one of the things with Pitts is that through most of the year, we didn't really draft him, and then as you get closer, and you're thinking, we should create some exposure in case the previous season's thesis hit, and we're still talking about a guy who had that fantastic rookie year, for him to bounce back in year three if the offense is functional, that doesn't take some massive leap of faith. All it takes is some subtle changes with the Falcons. That didn't happen, but I think it makes sense to set yourself up to get Kyle Pitts at a good price there because one of the things that we're looking to do from a structural perspective on this team is to get the anchor QB, to get two foundation running backs and two foundation receivers. So the super flex drafts are a little bit different than what we're trying to do in the other FFPC drafts, right? So the double foundation at running back, the double foundation at receiver, along with a foundation QB and a tight end, the RCE really likes that. And I think that beyond just the fact that the last several years, you know, the history that we're pulling in with the RCE, beyond that, it's very easy to understand why that would be effective over a large number of seasons, a large number of different types of events, why that would work. So we're trying to set that up. You know, I would love to go back and have Travis Etienne, even with how poorly he's played in the last month or how poorly he's scored, I should say. But we're not necessarily needing to get to the third running back at that spot yeah, because of the limits that you have with the flex position, right? So you're not necessarily looking for the third running back there. The other thing is that we do know we're going to have to take our second and third QBs. So if you don't take Kyle Pitts right there, then what you're probably going to do is select from what I believe the threesome of players that we were looking at there with Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell. Obviously, Purdy has been, I mean, Ben and I just released a Brock Purdy MVP debate uh, episode. The fact that that exists gives you a pretty good sense of what Purdy has done. Ritter, you know, so poor to the point of getting benched a couple times. Sam Howell, more in between, but with the volume on most occasions where when I mean, he's been a huge key to getting teams through, he's certainly a huge key in super flex formats where having an in, inexpensive QB has been pivotal. I mean, just he has been the league winner, even with the foibles, right? Yeah. The other thing that the RCE tells you is that if you can wait after you take your first QB, if you can wait through that wave and the area we took, Garrett Wilson, again, just I think illustrates it so well because you're talking about Daniel Jones, Jerry Goff, Anthony Richardson, Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Goff has been good, but three of those four guys get hurt and didn't have the probably the league-winning kind of scenario. Anyway, the next guy is Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. I mean, you're talking about drafting in a range that doesn't help you as much as hitting the right guy later. So again, structurally, it works. If you have Richardson stay healthy and he runs for a bunch of touchdowns, maybe that's a little bit different. But so again, the structure here I love, if you put Purdy in for Pitts and then you put Laporta in for Komet, then you're talking about this team being one that had one going away, one where we're like, oh, you know, we've got it. We're going to we're gonna advance this week. We're going to be a real threat in the finals. That would be the tweak that I would make. If you could put Brock Purdy in there, you take Sam Howell back through round seven, you draft James Cook again like we did in round eight. Now you're talking about this perfect first eight rounds, get – Jordan Addison in round 10. I mean, you're off to the races. You're going to win the whole thing. Those would be the tweaks. But I, I like what we did at the time. I think it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it made sense. And that's the, you know, when you're looking through your process and what would you change, 
I think they're the key things to be looking into. The Brock Purdy pick for people looking at 608 quarterback 23 in Superflex format. Uh, yeah, that is, uh, if you're circling through this draft, there's him and there's CJ Stroud who did go QB 30 at the 811. Those are the two picks, Sean, I think that just amazing, amazing. Uh, if you could make them, uh, it would be the ideal way to go around and go in your time machine and, and do your super flex drafts just pick those two guys up load up on everyone else throughout the rest of the draft but we do have sam howell then james cook at the eight four jahan dodson jordan addison quentin johnson but the cole commit sam laporte one was the one where i think that we probably were balancing out our our sheets of how much sam laporte we were were packing at that point so we had Cole Komet went as tight end 16, 12, Sam Laporta went tight end 17 at 12.07. And I, I'm pretty convinced we thought we would slide him back through. So, Colin, you've you've posted this and you've you've worked through it with listeners and whatnot. Obviously, Cole Komet there, somebody we did like, and we were drafting quite a bit when he fell. So our prices on Komet were also very good this season in addition to him having a good year in this particular draft having justin fields at the top and putting those two guys together yeah. was certainly was a consideration yeah but i mean we passed on sam laporta in the 12th round what, what was our thought process there it was un- unforgivable uh just unacceptable sean that's the we get an f for this draft and you don't necessarily have to load up quite to the same extent on tight end and super flex as the regular format one of the things that we talked a lot on the shows and i've gotten a lot of feedback column that it helped people was that the rce really wants you to take four in the regular format and when you did take four this year there have been so many magical things that have happened for those teams in part because once you get to four the chances that you took trey mcbride when he's one of your targets start to get really high so we like that Anytime you take four and you hit on one, it's going to be a lot different than taking four and not hitting on any. So, again, the player himself does matter. But, Colin, we don't get to the four here. It is something where, you know, in retrospect, you're like, why didn't we just take Sam Laporta when we took Quentin Johnston? But Johnston is one of the guys I don't have a lot of regret for because I think you have to target that profile in that situation with the Justin Herbert the Jahan Dotson pick is one that has been more harmful, and yet that's one that goes with Sam Howell. The main thing here is that just, I mean, Dotson has not been anything like what we anticipated, certainly what the commanders thought they were getting from a first-round pick. He's been disappointing because we've talked a lot about how Addison is somebody who had that type of Calvin Ridley-esque rookie season and has been big. Jahan Dotson, to a slightly lesser extent, was in that same basic type of template. And his season behind a Terry McLaurin, certainly <laughs> disastrous, what have you. He hasn't taken the step to move past McLaurin. McLaurin, both of those guys, I think you could argue, have been a little bit limited by the need to get rid of the ball quickly, the need that the commanders have had to mitigate the sacks and they've both been arguably casualties of the offense that the commanders have built to limit the sacks where it's maybe less damaging to a player like a curtis samuel maybe less damaging to the backs getting some catches out of the backfield there so we'll have to see how that evolves as we're discussing it right now we don't even know if sam hell survived a game against the new york jets which uh, sean i mean that's that's a Dulcich. tough game so greg Dulcich. 
Colin, we know we don't want that pick. Who would you have selected in round 13 instead? Well, this is the part again about when you're doing the draft and you know what you're doing in the moment with a live draft. So Cole Komet went as tight end 16, as I mentioned, then it was Laporta. But at the 13 turn, it is Irv Smith goes, Joan Johnson goes, Luke Musgrave goes in the way back. So you're starting to get into a limited territory. And Sean, remembering back to August time, draft time, Greg Dulcich was somebody who you know, I was drafting quite a considerable amount of based on what we were hoping would have happened this season and how he had kind of flashed at times, I guess, in his career so far as a rookie. So there, there was a lot of positivity in my mind around Dulcich. So when we had the two tight ends, and as you mentioned, looking to get to four, but at that point getting to three, the options after that are, are quite limited as to what we would have probably been targeting outside of the Trey McBride being the, the one that we would have really wanted. Hunter Henry went in the 14th round, somebody who we were drafting from time to time. And, you know, Michael Mayer went at 1801. There's some of these guys that we were targeting. So when we look at it after his pick, Sean, it's Jamison Williams, A. Jones, Tyler Boyd, KJ Osborne, Dawson Knox, Jeff Wilson. We take Rishi Rice, then it's Jacoby Myers, Raheem Mostert. Again, if you're saying who's the perfect pick there, it is Raheem Mostert. But at that point in the conversation, what we probably would have been better to do is take Rice and then take Mostert. But I, I think, again, going back and doing it, I'm probably still targeting the upside and the tight end premium off a Dulcich at that point of the draft season. Obviously, now that's not the right decision, but at the time, I think I would still have been comfortable with the call we made. I, You know, Rice was the receiver I, I would have wanted at that point. I know you may have been pushing towards Jamison Williams, but we got the receiver we wanted in the, the following round, and... I, at that point, I felt we didn't miss out on a huge amount. So the player I wish we had was Raheem Mostert. And he was somebody who showed up just you know very shortly after that on the Zero RB candidates countdown. So you would have loved to have him there. Jacoby Myers, somebody that... The, the other reason, Sean, though, lo- 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 looking at this team, you know, we have Christian McCaffrey, Brees Hall, and James Cook at that point. So we have three running backs through eight rounds in a super flex format. So I would I would have been very comfortable with our running backs there to not be needing to push Mostert into the conversation. And I think in some of these situations, part of what you're thinking is, okay, I've got guys later that I'm still comfortable with. And so you pass on someone like a Mostert who ends up being a star, and then you kind of regret it, and maybe you make worse decisions in the future because you don't want to miss on that guy. You've got to balance those things. You've got to make sure that you continue to go back and look at the specific players, and when you are doing your postmortem, be fair with yourself. You want to be critical of yourself, but also fair with yourself as you're doing that. The players that we do take later, we do hit on a tie Chandler. He was crucial for us this week. So having that pick in there when is you say one of this, the things that we're this looking week, at. Do you mean week 15 or the week 16 that hasn't well, happened Well, I'm going to change it to what I actually meant. I'm going to say week 16. Let's say he hit okay. again. That would be that would be the good story there. The other thing with Dulcich is that after that, we, we think about you know how did the four tight end work it feels like a season where you got a lot of late round tight end value. But the reality is that after Dulcich goes off, the only other player that we really wanted was Trey McBride. And my supposition on missing McBride is that we thought he was going to be cheaper and would come back. This he, is one of the situations where later that was an earlier pick for him. Yeah, and so one of the mistakes you can make is to occasionally pass on someone to maximize 
the number of players you get from your board, but pass on the player you have ranked higher and then not have him fall to you. Now, the, the counterbalance there is simply that by forcing yourself to have that type of discipline, you don't run into this issue of continuing to pay higher and higher prices for your target and get your exposure so high that it causes you problems. So you can help both your exposures and the prices that you're paying, the average ADP that you have, or the average, it's not ADP, but your, your own average price will stay at a reasonable range when you enforce that discipline. But then when you look back at the end of the season and you're like, how do we have a team that's advanced to this point and it doesn't have Laporta and it doesn't have McBride when those were our two main targets. This, this is basically the only team I think that I have without at least one of those guys in the FFPC. And that's the one that's got true. So that can be the frustrating part. But the only other player who's really been a big impact guy is Jake Ferguson. So mm. once Dulcich is gone, there aren't a lot of other players that you would necessarily want. But there are a lot of tight ends drafted. And most a of lot. those tight ends are still basically giving you holes in your roster. You like the overall structure there. Colin, we come back in round 15 and we take a guy that I was taking a little bit of just to make sure I wasn't completely wrong. Anytime that you were right and you hedged, you're like, why didn't I go with zero? But again, you've got to be fair in both directions. There is a world in which ETN gets hurt and Bigsby doesn't play so poorly, but I certainly wish we had someone other than Tank Bigsby. This was 1 million percent. Sean, we talked, this was a balance in the books pick. That's the only reason we, we made this decision was we had drafted so much ETN that we thought we would kind of, like you were saying, in case we, we were wrong on that side. And this one is where I think there's a clear, better pick, who I think even at the time we probably would have rather had if we hadn't have been taking the ETN side into it. And that is Chuba Hubbard. So we take Tank Bigsby at the 1509, then it's MBS, Van Jefferson, uh, Tyler Conklin, and then Chuba Hubbard. And then Dante Foreman, and he would have been somebody I would have probably even considered at that point. But Hubbard has been a smash over the last number of weeks, but he is somebody that we've liked for quite some time. And uh, I mentioned my two favorite Superflex teams that both got eliminated, unfortunately, in Week 15 that had crossover of a lot of players. But Hubbard was in both of those rosters. He advanced on a lot of teams. And this was one where, again, I think the divergence from our other picks might have got us here, Sean, with the Tanks Bigsby one. The other one then shortly after that is we do draft uh, Roshan Johnson, who I think is still a pretty solid pick, but the part that really stabs you on that one is he's the 1604. We pass on Trey McBride there. He goes at the 1706. So there's a couple, like this team is only a few picks away from being, and it has advanced to the semifinals at this point. So it is a, a good team, but an absolute jogger you mentioned the the party pick earlier for example if it's in there but you know if trey mcbride's in this roster versus or sam laporta versus what we have it's just an, an amazing spot so if you take out kyle pitts and you added in brock party who went uh, four picks later and then you you know don't even have to worry about mostert but slot in those other guys it's it's just incredible i feel like it's only probably four picks out from being the easily the most like being confident going into the semi-final that you have the best team remaining <laughs> whereas at the, this point you're like let's just get through and see what happens the other last thing sean that i was going to mention which is i think fun from a strategy point of view is we took jill and high at a 20.4 so the 2004 tank dell goes at 2008 so four picks later tank dell was a superstar all season in terms of putting up 
huge numbers in the early parts versus Jalen Hyatt who didn't but this is the interesting part is this team advanced through its group it advanced through the semi-finals without the points really of Hyatt and now you're in a situation in this particular week where Tank Dell can't give us any points the next two weeks so it's always interesting when a team advances as to how the luck may break over the next two weeks and you know if Hyatt did have a big game versus who Tank Dell who was clearly the better pick at that point it, it can work out in different scenarios and the other last note i want to mention on this is um well one thing sorry you mentioned jake ferguson he was the tight end 25 just for reference for people who are wondering where these players were going that was at the 1501 but sean one puka nakua undrafted this draft was uh i will double check this before we end the show but i believe this was the first weekend in august that we drafted this roster the Bulls hadn't obviously got to a significant point. The eighth, I've just checked the eighth of August at four PM Eastern. We drafted this one, so that would have been a pick we could have slotted in there in the twentieth round. That would have been nice as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just always glad that nobody a player else was. <laughs> who was that good, you know, mostly slipped through these because competing with those rosters would be tough. There's also the element where certainly not all. But since Puka didn't have the big week last week, he is now on fewer rosters going forward. So again, you know, hopefully he doesn't beat you. I, I like the Hyatt pick a lot. And even though the Giants have some serious problems, it's not that long removed from a big game from Hyatt. I think that pick made sense. The picks here that I go back and look at, and again, in retrospect, you could just fix all of these things, but Roshan Johnson, a thinner pick than Ty J Spears, who goes a few slots later. Chase Claypool, our 19th round pick, is just, uh, I mean, it's an excruciatingly terrible pick. Uh, and yeah, you try to think through why those guys are on the roster. And they're on the roster because of the first round quarterback. And so. You want to be aware of stacking together players with your QB and the value that that can bring to you and the the tactical benefits in contests. And yet, it's very important, I think, to avoid this mindset of drafting like you're right to the point where you just simply make obviously bad picks enforce it and partly you're thinking well you know it's round 19 how much can it hurt you well just take a complete swing at a very wide range of outcomes player and people are always like i mean when you do that all the time you have a bunch of throwaway picks in your roster too except I mean, puka and tank both hit after this spot you want to be willing to have the humility to understand that maybe your evaluation is not in that spot on those guys and yet simply the uncertainty is very valuable in a way that simply drafting a player off of the same team as your quarterback is not and so those would be the things that i would note. certainly if claypool had hit we'd be looking at it differently but frankly the chances of claypool hitting with what you know about the different parts of his profile were essentially zero and so don't make picks like that that'd be my recommendation it will be fun and you know if we are recording our tuesday show and it's a situation where the miami dolphins have 
got the result against the Dallas Cowboys, but it is because of a, a late deep touchdown to, to Chase Claypool. Very unlikely, Sean, but you never know. But uh, just final note on, on this roster, quite unique outside of three players. Um, we only have Christian McCaffrey, as you'd expect, James Cook, as you'd expect, and Rishi Rice, who over the, the week 15 obviously would have helped a lot of teams advance. There is four James Cook, four Christian McCaffrey, and five Rasheed Rice teams in our 12-team pod here for the, the semi-final. But beyond that, each of our other players has a maximum of one other manager, and then a lot of them sitting there with, with one player. And the players, Sean, this is the unfortunate part for us. The players that we want to uh, you know, have massive main event weeks here, we mentioned Sam Laporta on this one. Sam Laporta on six teams, we do not have him. So that's 50% of the other roster. So he's somebody... Uh, to be honest, I just hope he has a massive week, but this is the Kyle Pitts week where he matches it. And uh, then Devin Singletary on four teams, Gibbs on four teams, uh, Jordan Love on three, then you're down to Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, Gus Edwards on three. So interesting split, and it's always interesting to look across the pods. I mentioned Tom Strachan on one of the shows last week. He was sharing his 12-team division with me. I uh, believe he only had one Sam Laporta team in that. So the, the way it balances across can be very interesting. We're hoping this team is in with a chance and can have advanced. Either is already comfortably in first or second or is sweating Monday night football. But we're getting towards the end of the show. Thank you to anyone who has sat along, listened to this point. We hope you're having a, a good day, have a good week. Hopefully your teams are going well for you. But again, thanks to everyone who tunes in. We will have some more shows before the new year, but the easiest way to get all of the episodes is to subscribe to the Road of His Overtime podcast channel. Get them once they are available. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Over Tomorrow. My co-host is Sean Siegel. As always, check his work on rotoviz.com. And Sean, I should sign off the show today by wishing you a happy holidays and uh, hopefully you know, we've had a nice day here as we as we said on Christmas Day and have not had to record our regular podcast. But a uh, happy holidays to you. Well, you as well, Colm. And this is a real bonus for people who heard the start of the sign-off and then stayed. They didn't turn off the podcast at the... You know, the show is over. Now we're having an extra part here for them. The show, well, Brees Hall, that's the prediction. 35 points this past week. He carries us through. We're the only Brees Hall team, Sean. Let's go, Brees. Let's go, Brees Hall. Good luck to everybody. Have a happy holidays. We love you guys. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off.
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.